Would you please turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm glad you're here today. I appreciate that song so much. Uh, I want to know, are you free? Uh, that's the question that we need to be answering. Only you can do that personally. We know where that comes from, Jesus, because he is freedom. The truth makes you free. And he said, if you continue in it, you'll be free indeed. And I pray that we all embrace that today. I do want to give you something to think about today. I pray that the Lord would help me do that. I think some of that is said in these verses from 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm just going to read the first seven, but here the Apostle Paul is dealing with some disciplinary problems in the church, mainly having to do with false teachers, people that lie about the truth. And I tell you, we're in that kind of world today. And people are continually trying to mess with our minds, particularly the Christian mind and putting on us guilt trips of how judgmental we might be if we say this or that about folks and situations. And certainly we need to be seasoned with compassion and grace because we know that we're all sinners apart from God's grace. But I do think it does say something about how the mind affects our freedom. And I pray that God would help us see that from these verses. Let's read together. Now I, Paul, beseech... For I, Paul, myself, beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am base among you, but being absent am bold toward you. But I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence, wherewith I think to be bold against some which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringeth into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Do ye look on things after the outward appearance? If any man trusts to himself that he is Christ, let him of himself think this again, that as he is Christ, even so are we Christ. The word think is used several times in that passage. My subject today is Think Freely. We're embracing a theme entitled uh, Free Indeed, taken from John chapter 8. And we said that one definition of freedom is doing whatever you want to do as long as what you're doing is what you ought to do. That's freedom. And I think that's a great definition of it. It's doing what you want to do as long as what you're doing is what you ought to do. So when I give you the subject like think freely, it doesn't mean that you're just free to think and do what you want to do. I tell you, we're in a warfare of the mind, and discipline our thought life is so vitally important to the Christian. Christianity is a thinking religion because we're saved by grace through faith. That not of ourselves, but is a gift of God. See, God gives us a mind so that we can grasp who he is. Faith is a gift of God. But God doesn't 
count it righteous toward us because of our faith, but rather the object of that faith, which is, of course, Jesus Christ. And so may the Lord bless us to think of that. As we think about thinking, that's what I want us to think. Maybe we need to think more about what we think about. You hear me? Sometimes we don't think about what we're thinking about. I think we're living in a world where a lot of times we don't have time to think. We don't take time to think about God. We've got too many things to do. We've got too many social mechanisms, media, to take care of. We've got a buzz here and a buzz there, or a, or a clip here, a clip there, a chat there, or a text here. And we need to be mindful that we need to think. I think we're living in a world where so many people are so entertained, they can't really think clearly. So medicated, and I know some of that medication is necessary, but a lot of times it just fogs that mind up, and we need to be wide open to God to give us a mind that we can embrace the truth and what it really is. Because here's the deal. Your thinking is the one thing about you that you only can control. You hear me? You're thinking. You can control what you think about. And we need to make up our mind to think about what we're thinking about. Now this, uh, this scripture gives us this metaphor, so to speak, of a, of a bondage, uh, of these casting down the, the bondage of the mind. Uh, there's a lot of people, maybe in this audience today, that are in prison in the mind in the mind, and they are people in death's road in the darkest, most secure prisons who are free indeed because God has entered into their heart and given them the peace that only Jesus can give. So, so it's amazing that, that our thought life is so important. And we can't say, I know I have prayed, I have told you many mornings in my prayer life, I say, God, please Save me or keep me from thinking evil thoughts. And yet, what I need to be thinking about after telling this week is, don't think like that, Randy. You don't got to think like that. You don't have to do it. And you might say, well, I, I can't help it. Yes, you can. God has given you the mind of Christ. God says that in Philippians for one place and others, that we have the mind of Christ. And so what are we going to do with it? We need to think about what we're thinking about. We need to make sure that whatever we're thinking about glorifies God and is approved by Him. If it's not, we don't need to think about it. But, but may the Lord help us to see that. I want to say three things about thinking freely. One, I want to say is this, think about it. Number two, think above it. And number three, think around it. And it's all about thinking. It's all about using your mind. Your thought life, it is a gift from God. 2 Timothy 1.7 says that God has not given us to a spirit of fear, but of a sound mind. See, here's the deal, as I see it. You cannot think about what you don't want and get what you do want. Let me say that again. You cannot think about what you don't want and get what you do want. In other words, you can't think about sunshine 
and the sunny day and walk around toting an umbrella. You can't think about forgiveness and tote around with you, bringing up in your mind something that person has done to you. Just keep bringing it up. You won't get it. You won't get the piece of it if you keep thinking about it. You keep picking at that sore, it's going to stay infected. You got to deal with the mind. And God has given us a thinking heart for Christ that we can lift up our minds to God. God says that we're to love him, does he not? How? With all our heart, our soul, our mind, right? And strength. What do you think that means? It means giving God our thoughts to think about God. Because you cannot have an intimate relationship in your marriage or in your marriage to God through Christ without a mind relationship. That is where intimacy is really culminated, in the mind. In other words, you have to have trust. You have to believe. You have to make sure that God is, is to you who he says he is. Now here's what the world will do and what the world is doing right in America today. It is making us think that truth is just like a, a relativism. In other words, truth is just unfettered freedom. You can do what you want to do. You can believe what you want to believe. You can go by your feelings. Find yourself, okay? I mean, just be yourself. It doesn't really matter. And you can't condemn anybody if they want to be gay or if they want to transgender or if they want to do this or that and the other, who are we to say anything? I mean, you know, let's be free. Live free. Now that is relativism, which leads to totalitarianism, which means that power is promoted at, at the uh, demise of any standard of truth. So what happens, and what we're seeing in America, and certainly I'm not a politician or a historian, but you see all the chaos we're having? People are afraid. They're, they're fearful. So that's relativism. That leads to chaos, and then what's happening, somebody will step in and be the dictator, the power. I'm going to control you. I mean, I don't have to tell many of you, we're living in a world where our government wants to control how we think. Our news media believes that we don't have enough mind or sense to figure things out, so they're going to tell you the way things are. But what the deal is, most of the fact, neither station, whether it's Fox News or CNN, tell you the truth. Only God tells you the truth. But now, you know what? If we believe on that stuff, it will mess up your mind. It will mess up your thinking. I remember when I was a long time ago, University of Georgia, I had to run. I ran cross country with this Marine guy. And we run four or five miles up in Athens, no hills, in combat boots. And I was just tagging along kind of behind this guy. But, but he's always said, I said, Bob, why do you want to run this? He says, I got to clear my mind. I got to get my mind clear. We need to clear our mind. You know what, clearing your mind? You get into this book. You run this race, 
of God, you run this race of God's Word. Because reading is thinking. You hear me? Reading is thinking. And God gave us His book to tell us how to think. To tell us the truth. Now if you want to think the truth, you think about God. What are you thinking about? Think about what you're thinking about. Are you going to feed your, your life? You're going to get up in the morning and just eat honey buns? And you're just going to walk around all day with lifesavers and, and chopping on mint? I mean, what are you going to do? We need food from God. We need His Word. Because that is where truth is. We need to really think about what we're thinking about. And we need to think about it now. Because we don't have any time. I believe we're living in a critical part of our world, don't you? I really do. I think we've got to think about what we're thinking about. We've got to be willing to stand for the truth and believe God and rejoice in it as never before. Because here it is. If we're going to have revival, you know where revival begins? With you. And you know where you begin? With your thoughts. Jesus said, Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinketh, so is he. See, it matters what you think about. You think about something long enough, it changes what you do. Every action you have is preceded by thought. You know, we think about, oh, abortion is so bad. It is. We think about same-sex marriage. It's, it's evil. It's abomination. I'll tell you something else it is. In that same section, in Proverbs 6, God lists six things the Lord hates. You know what one of them is? One of them is evil imaginations in your mind. Thoughts that you have. And here, you know, we need to know God knows what you're thinking about. Man, that scares me sometimes. God knows our thoughts. And if you're thinking about what you're thinking about, and you're thinking about God, you rejoice. Because Psalms 10.4 says, The wicked know not God, not God is not in all their thoughts. Is God in your thoughts? If God is in your thoughts, you need to embrace that and come to grips and give everything to Jesus and follow him and trust him and believe him. And you need to do it now because the world is waiting for somebody to reflect the light of Jesus. We need God in our life. We need more God and we've got to get more God in our mind, in our thoughts, if we're going to get him in our actions. I really believe that with all my heart, and I want to be more like that, and I believe you do too. You know, Jesus says, if we continue in, in the truth, the truth will make you free. I think of a ship out there in the storm in the sea. That ship's got to continue because it has a cargo on it, and it has a destination, and we have both. And the cargo is the truth of God that we have to fight the good fight of faith. And it is a spiritual warfare. It is. And it's a warfare of the mind. Man, what is that song somebody used to sing, A Satisfied Mind? What a blessing that is. If one rich man in ten could be found with a satisfied mind. There's so many people in the world today that think they're free, that do not have a satisfied mind. But here's what I want to tell you today. The more that you're satisfied with Jesus, the more satisfied you're going to be in your mind. The more that you trust Jesus and his word, the more satisfied and peace you're going to have in your life. You're going to be able to smile at calamities. You're going to be able to laugh at the situations in life that knock other people down. 
Because that's the power these imaginations have. They cast down those strongholds. So think about what you're thinking about. And so what a blessing that is. But it's not thinking about anything. See, God gives us, he changes our brain. <laughs> he does. He changes our brain. He changes our heart. You know, uh, I, I've said this, and my little examples are nothing but sometimes corny, I know. But, but, you know, I think about, I was like the other day, I have a few cows, and I have these little paddocks, eight or ten acres each, and I'll rotate them, you know, to di- different ones according to the grass. And every time I turn those cattle into a new pasture, you know what the first thing they do? They don't start eating the grass. They go to the boundaries. They go to the backside and they walk around the fence. I mean, they're going to find out where the boundaries are. And then it seems like they just settle down and they're okay. You know, that's how God, I think, does us. I mean, we might say, well, well, preacher, I'm not a cow. I don't know. I mean, we are, we are the hand of his, the people of his hand, the sheep of his pasture, aren't we? So God gives us boundaries. I guarantee you, too, when somebody comes by my place and they see my cows out there or yours, they're going to say, that, that guy owns those cows. He cares about them. He's got a fence up. God has given us his word to fence our mind up, okay? But there's freedom in that so that we can do what we want to do as long as what, it's what we ought to do, and what we ought to do is what God says we ought to do. We ought to obey God and not man, and we need to make up our mind and make it up quickly. Either we're going to serve God or we're going to serve this world. Because God says friendship with the world is enmity, or is, yeah, in, enmity with God. So think about it. Think about it. And then secondly, you got to think above it. You got to think above it too. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You know, when I think about or thinking above it, what I mean by that is we have to understand that God gives us the spiritual ability to understand his word, okay? Look at uh, 2 Timothy, just a quick verse there, chapter 2. See, it comes from above. His word, I said reading this thing, it comes from God, okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7, listen to this verse. Or, or look, look, if you want to look at it, that's fine, but listen, it says, consider what I say. All right, then is think about God's word. If you're going to consider something, you've got to think about it. You sleep on it. You think on it, okay? He says, consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. You hear what he's saying? He says, you think about it, but you got to think above it. You can think about it because God will give you understanding. When? As you think about it, okay? See, understanding, right understanding of our thinking is just like the good ground that Jesus talked about in this parable of the sower. You know, the good ground was the one that had seed. I mean, the good soil that sprouted the seed and the seed grew and brought forth fruit a hundredfold and more. So that is, that is the understanding. Where does that come from? It comes from God. See, we cannot embrace right thinking unless God gives us the mind to do it in. 
And so what he does, he borns us again. He gives us the desire to think about the right things and the undesire to think about the wrong things, though we still do it. That's why sin is so devastating. When you commit a sin of the lust of the flesh, I know this too well, what happens, God will bring those thoughts back up in your mind, and you have to work on it. You have to throw it around. You have to cast it down. You have to call Satan a liar. So when Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden, they should have been thinking above. But they were thinking about themselves, weren't they? When Satan came and said, hath God said. And they tried to do. They demised God. They belittled his word. And they started thinking like the devil. And Satan is still moving people today to think like him, to think like the world, to think that anything is okay. And God says, no. And you know it's not right. And so we need to embrace that. I'm not up here. I cannot make you believe that you're a sinner. I cannot make you believe in God. But God has given you the mind of Christ. I believe that everybody here today has godly thoughts. And I'm going to trust that you're a child of God. But I'm going to tell you, we got to whip Satan in this because, listen, the conversion of the soul is defeating Satan in the soul and in the mind. And we got to memorize and make sure that we embrace that and trust God in all our ways to do that. Look at another verse I wanted to show you, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 through 6. It's the new birth. This is the same the new birth. What I'm about to read you, you listen. This is what God has to do to the mind. This is called transformation. That's what happens. Because apart from God, the natural man receiveth not the things of God, neither can he know them. But here's what happens. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine into them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, listen now, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That, my friends, is the gospel. That, my friends, is the gospel of illumination that God has given your minds. Your thoughts need to be adjusted to embracing the spirit that God is living in within you. And so it's like this. There's a lot of things we know. I'm not talking about academics. You can have the greatest education in the world and die and go straight to hell. What you got to have is the spirit of God. You got to have the adorning grace of God come in your souls. You can be the meekest, ignorant, illiterate person, and you can rejoice in the birth, death, resurrection of Jesus as your Savior and live internally in heaven. But I'm going to tell you, it's a matter of understanding that it comes from God. We know that, that for example, uh, we know, we know from the scriptures that our bodies are part of Christ's bodies. He says that you know, you know that your body is not your own. That's what God says. And then we do things to abuse it, don't we? We know it. And then he says, uh, you know You're not your own. 
but you're bought with a price. Um, you know, he says, that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. That is, a little bit of evil messes everything up. We know this. Well, then why don't we do something? Because we need the invasion, the intrusion, the transformation of God to understand that. That we don't have to meet the criteria of this world anymore. We don't have to have everybody like us. We don't have to measure up to, to our friends and, and we don't have to fit in. What we need to do is be glad we can fit out. What we need to do is have the mind of Christ and that we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. What that means is every day, you've heard it said, and you remember in school when you were raised a little, your teacher was going to take an exam, put on your thinking cap. We need to put on our Jesus cap to thank Jesus. Jesus, help me think like you. My thoughts, oh God, be your thoughts. David says, when I considered myself, then I turned my feet to your testimonies. Here the apostle Paul, notice how he starts off in humility, knowing he was no better than anybody else. Yet, he says, I gotta tell you this, these imaginations, the mind, these strongholds will grab us. And unfortunately, Many, many Christians who will live forever in heaven do not live in the joy that God would have us live in. Do not help. We do not embrace the abundant life as we ought to. And it's because of our minds in so many places. We have everything else. And what we're facing in our world today is the undermining and the destruction from within of the very fiber of the truth of God. Now you watch it. Our society is going to be promoting even more and more the situations that anything's okay. Relativism is okay. You can just be free. And the chaos that is coming, and that's what happens when we see the liberty, when we see the liberty confused with liber liberalism, because liberalism always leads to atheism. And so may the Lord help us to think him that we can think about it, that we can think above it, that we can give it to God. Lastly, and just shortly, you know, we got to think around it. You got to put your mind around God. And I know that that's hard to do. But listen, it should be evident that we're sinners and we need a Savior. And we have one. His name is Jesus. And He's paid our sin debt completely fully. And we need to trust that and believe that. And that's where the peace comes from. That's what the gospel is about, that our minds are fixed in that way. You know, I thought about in um, the book of Judges where, where Joshua was leading the people around the walls of Jericho, or that might have been the book of Joshua. Anyway, here's the point. When they went around the walls of Jericho, they were not to say a word. <laughs> but they were thinking. I know they were. What did God say? He said, you walk around there, all the way around that city six times, once a day for six days, and the seventh day you walk around it seven times. And they did it, and they listened for the trumpet. And that's what thinking is about. That's continuing in the truth that makes you free. They might not have understood why they were doing it. They might be things we're called on in our life to live for Christ that we might not understand. It might not make a lot of sense, 
But if God says it, then we need to do it and continue in it, in his word, in his ordinances. And we need to embrace that. And when they walked around it seven times on the seventh day and the priests blew the trumpets, the walls came tumbling down. And the trumpet in the scripture is always a call to gathering God's people. And that's what we need to do as a church. I'm so thankful to see this good congregation of getting back to where we can gather because we need the church. Because the church helps us think about God. I mean, you know, I hear people say, I can worship at home. And that we can do. We ought to worship everywhere. But you know, I remember one, one semester I tried to go to Georgia Southern way back when I was in college. I had to drop every class. Why? Because I was too close to home. I had too many things I wanted to do. My mind was not where it needed to be. I, I could go up in Athens and I could get in that graduate studies building and get by myself in some cubicle and, and concentrate and think about that physics or chemistry that I didn't particularly like, but, but it give me that mind. What I'm saying is, that might not be you. You might can do it all, but my mind is kind of like a one-track deal. I got to deal with it. I can't fool around with the world and, and with everything else. You got to put your mind on God. You got to make up your mind because here's the deal. You're going to be as faithful as you make up your mind to be. You're going to be as happy as you make up your mind to be. It's not going to be about your circumstances. You can't have a pity party. I'm talking about thinking godly thoughts. David said, you know, he said in Psalms 42, he says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Hope thou in God. You see what it immediately does? So many times we listen to ourselves when we ought to be talking to ourselves. You talk to yourself. You preach the gospel to yourself every day because that will, that will structure your thoughts in the right way. And at the right time. So, may the Lord bless. I, I, let me just say this. David said in Psalms 39, verse 3, I just want to read that. You take it home with you. You know, when you say, if a preacher, if God gives a preacher anything that you feel like you can take home with you, it's something to think about. It's really something to roll over in your mind. What would I say? Psalms 39, 3. This is what it says. It's worth getting to. And here's this a part of David again. My, he says, My heart was hot within me while I was musing the fire burned. He was thinking. That's what that means. Then I spake with my tongue. So, here's, here's the point as I see it. You know, our thoughts are like the fire that kindled a passion for God in our lives, that we see him as our treasure because he's he saved us. He's taken away our sins. He's our all, okay? So, so when we feed our minds on that, it's like fuel on the fire of our lives so that we want to serve him. We want to do something. We want to obey. And you know what? Thinking about the turning around think around it, is repentance. That is what, you know what repentance is? changing your mind completely. Dealing with it. Turning away from sin and turning to God. May the Lord bless us to think freely. To think about what we're thinking about. 
and to always remember, you'll never get what you don't want by thinking about, by not thinking about what you want, by thinking about what you don't want. In other words, you got, you got to think about, if you think about what you don't want, you won't get what you do want. And so then we think, we think around it, knowing that God has called us. You are a child of God. God loves you. So you don't have to be in the bondage of your old self, okay? Because you're justified by his grace. No matter what's happened in your life, think that thought today. And it will bring revival and peace and joy in your life. May the Lord bless you. Would you bow with me? Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you, Lord, for our minds. Not the sinful part of them, the carnal part. Oh, Lord, you know how we struggle with that. But we thank you for the mind of Christ. Even though there's a warfare going on, we pray, oh God, that you will help us discipline our minds. You have already saved us from all our sin. Help us, O oh God, to rejoice in that salvation in a greater capacity by delivering ourselves from ourselves in our thought process. O oh God, that we could think of you and may the thoughts of our heart and the meditation of our minds be acceptable in your glorious, holy ways is our prayer. Help us, O oh Jesus, to think like Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.